Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hi, I'm Matchmaker Maria, the founder of Agape Match. For over a decade, I've combined four generations of family matchmaking tradition with modern relationship psychology, behavioral science, and dating trends. With this unique expertise, I answer your dating and relationship questions and interview experts to give you the tools to find or keep the love of your life. This is Ask a Matchmaker. Welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. This week is a hotline episode, and I'm so excited for this week's co-host on the hotline. We have U.S. Representative Eric Swalwell. He is the U.S. Representative for California's 15th Congressional District since 2013, and uh, he's here to answer some dating questions. (laughs) Representative Swalwell, welcome to the podcast. I am way, way, way out of my league and expertise here, but uh, I'm, I'm happy to try and help. Well, before we get into the dating questions, let's talk about you. I thought it was really important to uh, to get you on to the podcast because we are recording for this episode to come out on November 1st, exactly one week before yes. midterms. And everything is on the line. Women's reproductive freedom rights, the right to marry, uh, you know, who you love, the right for your kids, you know, to go to school and not be in fear of gun violence. That that's all on the line uh, this midterm election. And, and so young people especially are going to make the difference. If they turn out, those issues will have a voice in Congress. Uh, if not, we could go backward on many, many freedoms. Do you think there will be more young people voting this year? Yeah, I, I think they get it, uh, right? They're seeing uh, that, you know, a, a personal decision about having an abortion for the first time in their lives being taken away from them, that's that's very personal. That, that feels, you know, I, I think very uh, just wrong and, and counter to who we are uh, as Americans. And it's not just young women, you know, uh, who would make that decision. It's, you know, their male allies or their male partners who would also be affected. So yes, and, and then of course, the fact that the Supreme Court recently would even suggest that we should revisit same-sex marriage, mm. where we're finally in an environment in America, I think because of you know, having same-sex marriage being the law of the land, that people can be who they want to be and love who they want to love to see that go backward. You know, what else uh, as far as our personal rights to go backward? So yes, young people, uh, they get it. uh, And now it's just a matter of making sure we get in front of them, you know, how they can go vote uh, and and the agency that that gives them, uh, you know, to have a voice. So what do you say to someone who says that, you know, both parties are the same or, uh, or I don't like the extremes from both sides. These are things that I'm hearing. Yeah, well, well one, I hear you. And, and the media in many ways you know, amplifies the extremes. But at the end of the day, only one party believes that a woman should make her own healthcare decisions. Only one party <laughs> believes that if you are a child rape incest victim, you should have the right to an abortion. The other party wants to mandate a pregnancy upon you. Only one party believes and paid family leave, a crazy idea that if, if you have a baby, uh, that you should not you know, lose money uh, because you choose to spend some of the early months bonding with that baby. Only one party believes that you know, your kids should be free from gun violence in their classrooms. And, and so the Democratic Party, those are the values that we're running on. And, and the only way that we advance those values uh, is if we can win elections and have the trust uh, of young voters across America. Okay. So then one last question when it comes to voting, what do you say to someone who says that my vote does not matter? Your vote absolutely matters. And, you know, ask a Democrat in Iowa who lost by six votes the last election, you know, if your vote matters or or ask a Democrat who lost an election in upstate New York by 46 votes or the LA County race last election where it was 333 votes. So these are tight races. Uh, you know, it's a jump ball or to be more grotesque, you know, this is going to be a knife fight in about 30 phone booths across America. These are going to be very, very close contests. And if you show up for your freedoms, uh, that's the best guarantee that they'll be uh, defended. Absolutely. Okay. So let's talk about dating now. I know this is like, like 
so different to what a typical podcast that you go on. And in fact, you know, in preparing for this, you know, I, I Wikipedia you representative Swalwell, like a normal person. And I was like, oh my God, he was born in the eighties <laughs> and your birthday's coming up, but you're 1980. And, uh, and then my next Google search was like, okay, does that mean he's a millennial? So then I Googled, what is a millennial? I'm a founder of the millennials. Like I'm a pioneer, like early adopter. Early adopter don't millennialism. Make, Listen, I was born- other generation, please. I was born 84. Well, hold up, hold up. I'm gonna, I gotta, I gotta give it to X here. So apparently according to Wikipedia, again, <laughs> millennials are people who were born 81 to like 96. That's bullshit, Wikipedia. I, I agree because I, and I'll tell you from the other end, I have an employee who was born in 1996 and her worldview, like the way she- critiques things the way it's just so different you know she's never consumed culture in real time and I always give her the same example like do you remember okay we're gonna go way back do you remember when Michael Jackson performed at the Super Bowl in 1993 of course I was 12 of course of course and then if you missed it you just never got to see it again and I remember when YouTube came out I was in college and the first thing I searched because I always wanted to see it again the first thing I searched was for me Super Bowl Michael Jackson yeah. And that's what I was trying to explain to uh, Anna Maria. Shout out to Anna Maria. I was trying to explain to her. I was like, how are you a millennial? You've never had to consume culture as it was happening. Yeah. No, you know? we, we, we had to consume culture as it was happening. We had to like learn pager code and then, you know, quickly learn how to, you know, text message, uh, go from instant messenger, you know, to all other forms of communication. I, I think we're the most uh, adaptive generation uh, that exists right now. Absolutely. As someone who, yeah, we did. So then the other thing I thought was, okay, let's, let's just pretend that Representative Swalwell is Gen X, 1980s at the end. He's at the cusp. He's a zillennial like me. All right. Where is Gen X? Because you know what? Let me tell another Wikipedia thing here. There are 12 congressional districts in the state of New Jersey where I live. And like something like seven or eight of those people, maybe it's 10, I forget. could be nine, nine. Let's pretend nine out of 12 of my, the congressional representatives in New Jersey are over 70. Like where, what happened to Gen X? Where are they in like Congress? I feel like we don't see enough. Uh, we don't. And, and when I was first elected, um, there was only a few of us. You were a even, baby when you were elected. I was a baby. And so I found myself to many of my more senior colleagues. Um, the most important role I played was IT help desk. And mm. so I set up a lot of Instagram accounts. I turned off a lot of cell phones when they were ringing in committee hearings. Weren't I you called Snapchat something? Where is yeah, that? Yeah, we Snapchat <laughs> King of Congress, I think was what they they dubbed it. Um, I'm by the way, I, I just I'm on my like seventh B reel in a row. I'm 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 like now forcing myself not to get lapped by these technologies. I, I don't want to be like, hey, has anyone checked in on MySpace? Like, <laughs> why isn't anyone posting there? Like where's I Tom? With it. Yeah, where's Tom? Um, but yeah, yeah. It, it's hard. So, but now I, I have, there's like a bunch of colleagues who are way younger than me. And, and uh, Maria, during the second impeachment of, of Donald Trump, I remember one of my colleagues uh, on the impeachment managers says on the Senate floor, he starts his speech by saying, as the youngest impeachment manager. And I looked at the screen and I said, that's bullshit. That's me. And then I Wikipedia'd him, Joe Nagoose. I was like, shit, he's younger than I am. And that. It's like a hard thing um, to, to see that you're no longer. No, that's good though. Young. I want to see more young people because right. I feel like as like you just told me that you have, th- what do you have? Three kids under five. Yes. Yeah. Right. So you have a zoo. I, today, my, yeah. my, I have a, I have a two children, one turned five today. The other one is two and a half. I, I equally live in a zoo yeah. and yeah, right. I feel like people, I don't think that you have to necessarily be a parent to understand my life in right. terms of in Congress. But you certainly have to understand kitchen table issues that are affecting people under 50. And I really struggle with seeing like, okay, Representative Swalwell, I'm saving for my kids' education, right? Let's just pretend they're not going to get scholarships or whatever, right? If I'm struggling to currently afford a home with the current housing prices, how, how are my kids ever going to have access to affordable housing or like you know, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Having yeah, so a sense that, of independence from us. So the first thing I did once I tired of being the IT help desk was mm. I started a group called Future Forum. 
Uh, mm. We started to see more and more young people come in. And, and I thought on the issue of student loan debt, yes. crazy idea that we should be able to buy a home like our parents were able to, paid family leave or a, a child care tax credit, that these are generational issues. And unless you were living them, you wouldn't be advocating for them. And, and so I went into a, a body, a workplace where 50% of my colleagues were millionaires or more before mm -hmm. they got to Congress mm -hmm. and well over 50% did not have children under the age of 18. Today, only 7% of the women in Congress, by the way, 7% of women in Congress have children under the age of 18. So if you don't have people living those experiences, you're not going to have the best advocates. And so that's why I started Future Forum was to try and not only inside the Congress, find the youngsters, advocate for those issues, but go outside the Congress and recruit uh, younger people to run uh, because we need those voices. And I'm so glad you mentioned how many are millionaires because the other, the, on the other end of the spectrum, right? Like I know you don't know me, uh, Representative Swalwell, but I'll, I'll share with you, you know, I care for my mom. She is severely disabled. And when last year, when she was, you know, when she was back in my care, she was in the hospital for a really long time. Um, everything seemed like a mountain, right? Like, oh my God, how am I going to take her to all of these appointments? How am I going to be able to afford this? It's a lot of care. My parents are both on fixed retirement incomes. They never made a lot of money, right? Both immigrants to this country, blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry and to hear that. It's okay. It's, it's life, but that's life, right? I don't, you know, I appreciate your uh, empathy. What struck, I had heard of this word Medicaid my whole life. Right. So someone, one of their sisters said, apply for Medicaid. And I'm like, okay, maybe they can help me, you know, like transportation, just a lot of stuff, right? My yeah. mom takes 27 yeah. pills a day. I'm glad you shared that. But what we have seen now as, as us zillennials or millennials yeah. get older, um, is the cost of senior care as well. Right. So we are all living, crazy. I, I have about $80,000 in student loan debt. Um, mm. I fear that my children will start to take out student loan debt as I'm still paying mine down. That's a real possibility, but as my parents um, who are, you know, in their mid seventies and their uh, mid sixties, you know, begin to get to the point where they need senior care or a skilled nursing facility um, that runs in most uh, suburban and, and metropolitan areas, uh, 10 plus thousand dollars a month. month. Yeah. And, and mm -hmm. if your parents are like my parents and, and they're not from like personal wealth, uh, then that lands on the children. And, right. And that's again, exactly what's happened here. Yeah. yeah that, so that, that is again, why I think it serves us all for going back to why should young people turn out? Well, there are a lot of great young candidates on the ballot who are running and the more young candidates who live these issues, the better shot we all have of, you know, whether you're Republican or democratic, uh, in your registration of having representatives fight for us uh, as it relates to everyday kitchen. Does that represent us? Does that represent yeah. us? Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, okay. So before we transition into dating, let's talk about your dating life. So you are, <laughs> that was a straight up about face. Uh, you are married to Brittany. Tell me more yes. about how you met your wife. Yeah. Well, it actually goes back to 2003, um, which is funny because I didn't meet her until 2015, but oh. in 2000, I set up uh, a dear friend of mine who I'd known since high school uh, named Anna uh, with a law school classmate of mine uh, named Adam and brought them to a party that I was hosting. They met uh, within like six to nine months. They were engaged. And within like a year or so after that, they had uh, their first kid and, and now they have three children. Uh, but when I was in my uh, second term in Congress, uh, you know, as a, you know, delinquent bachelor, uh, Adam and Anna reached out to me and said, Hey, are you still a, a delinquent bachelor? And if so, um, we have who we think is the perfect person for you. And they told me that Brittany, um, who they described as, uh, a sweet, smart Midwestern girl, uh, who is business oriented, probably a Republican, but very kind to our kids. That was what the text message said, just moved to San Francisco and doesn't really know anybody. And so, um, I reached out to Brittany. Uh, it didn't start off. Uh, Did you get a photo? I, I mean, of course I went to Insta, right? They didn't give me a photo because they were like, well, you know, that should, that description should be enough, which it should be enough. But of course, like I tried to like Insta stalker and I had like one of my more savvy younger staffers who knows like how to like really, you know, do you have a Finsta? Yeah, exactly. I, I do not know. No, no, no. Oh. I do not. The staffer, uh, the staffer at the time did. And so she was able to, you know, get as much information uh, as she could. 
um, but it reaffirmed the introduction that was given to me. And so I sent an email to Brittany and Brittany wrote back, if you really want to talk to me, never email me again. Stop it. I, I was just about to say, I'm like, you emailed her. We, we just spent I, the last I, 15 minutes yeah. prepping you up as like a millennial, like a boomer. I, I don't exactly. You might as well send the pigeon email. What did the email yeah, say? Yeah. Do you still have that email? Was that email printed? Uh, you know what? I'm going to get that email for you. Yes. Um, it, it, it did not start off on the right foot. And, and then strike two was this. I was flying from Dallas to San Francisco as I you know, do every week. And we were to meet at about 6.30 in San Francisco. And I was to land around 5.30. And I'm sitting on the tarmac at Dulles. Sure. And there's a lightning storm. And it's the end of summer. And you know, every time there's a lightning storm, they have to set back the departure date like 15 minutes. And so each flash, I'm just like, fuck, texting her, can we do 6.45? Wait, can we do how are you? Hold up, 15. hold up. I feel like we're missing here something. Like, did you know, like, this is someone that could be special? Yeah, no, I, that's why I was so eager to oh, get there. And by okay. the time I push it back to like 7.30, she's like, you know what? Why don't we just reschedule this? Like, it's clearly not going to work. And I knew how crazy my schedule was going to be in the next couple of weeks. And I like begged her. I said, no, please. I'm really looking forward to this. Please just let's make it work. I showed up around nine o'clock. Um, but the one thing I had, I, I would, I would say a presence of mind was I was already late and I had like my garment bag with me. And so I had the Uber from the airport drop me at a hotel right next to the restaurant. And I went into the hotel and pretended as if I was a guest. And so I checked my bag there because I didn't want her first impression of me to be this like grizzled road warrior, like I, I didn't, politician, yeah, coming yeah. in from and, DC. And so I, and I was already late by like three-ish hours, um, and it was a great, it was a great first date. And of course, at the end of the evening, when I told her, I said, "Let me walk you to, you know, get an Uber." And I said, "I have my bag at this hotel. I need to get it." And she was like, "Sure, that's your move. The bag at the hotel." And I was like, "No, no, I, I seriously just did not want to have a bag at the hotel." And then sent her off uh, on a car. How did? what's the next step here in the second date? So, yeah, the next step was, um, again, not, not great. I, I wanted to see her. That was like on a, a Thursday. I wanted to see her on Sunday. And so I was flying to Seattle that afternoon. And so I asked her to meet me for like a 9 a.m. brunch at the Cliff House in San Francisco. It's right on the Pacific Ocean. I love the place. And again, she's like 9 p.m. dinner, 9 a.m. brunch. Like, what, what are these hours uh, that you're you know, having me keep? And, and again, I had to like rush off to the airport. So all she like associates me, me with is like, you know, garment bags and like late dinners, early breakfasts. And so it took a, it took a couple of dates. Um, I, I don't know if it was like, you know, I, I don't know if it's 12 dates before we like really took off um, knowing the rules that you have, but it, it, it took a while for us to guys, really truly click. Yeah. Rep Representative Swalwell knows about the 12 date rule. Can you guys play that? Um, that's awesome. I'm like so happy right now. You have no idea. I love your story. I think it gives a lot of people hope there was a secret. Uh, there's a secret. There was a, a little thing you slipped in there, which was that your friend said, we think she's Republican. Um, yeah. so I think this will go, it will lead into a question that we got from the audience via text, uh, which is can dating someone with opposing political views actually work in today's world? I swipe no if conservative or moderate is listed, is that quote unquote wrong? I think it is. I, I really do think it is. And I, I think it's important. You think, you for, think it can work? I, I absolutely, absolutely can work. And, and what you want is, is just somebody who's not so fixed in their beliefs that they can't hear you out uh, and find common ground. Look, my parents are Republican. My wife, she grew up with the Pence family. Her grandfather was a pallbearer in Mike Pence's father's funeral and, and so like she's in, in republican country and i, mean, I, I think she my eyes are bulging out i, I can't see I mean, it today today she is you know i have to like pull her back does to she the, vote you know, for you with me oh yeah no she's she's <laughs> she's farther to the left than i am now uh which is which is kind of funny um but no i i actually i i do believe that um politics should not define every part of our lives. It should be important. I think the most important thing is like, does the person you want to be with 
even care? Like, do they, it's like, like, do they give a shit rule? Like, it, it, yes, it's important what they believe in, but do they even, too many people just don't care and they don't tune in and they don't track what's going on. And then if they do care, then like, what is it that they care about? And what can you have a conversation, you know, that uh, challenges how you view? And, and it's in, the, the best advice I get is when my wife says to me, I don't really agree with you on that. And, and then you, I think, can be self-reflective about it and, and take the feedback or not. But I mean, those are the best kinds of relationships. I don't, I don't know if you really want an echo chamber. And, and I just mm -hmm. hate that our politics has driven us uh, to a place where we feel like it's, it's two corners and, and we can't cross you but know, don't you that think line. that like so many things that have become political in this country, which you don't see in other countries and other democ democracies rather, um, like I'll, I'll give you, you know, you mentioned before a woman's right to health care, right? I can see a place where a woman who might subscribe to, let's say, a more liberal ideology would struggle to be with someone who puts an emphasis on a tax rate that they don't, a tax cut that they probably don't even yeah. belong to in that tax bracket over yeah. um, a woman's right to healthcare. Because that's something like, you know, as a matchmaker, you know, I meet people every day. So does the rest of my staff. And I got to say, since 2015, like before, I've had my business since 2008, 2009, right? And for five years, uh, yeah, for like, no, more than five, seven years, um, the biggest deal breaker was always smoking. Yeah. And then 2015 comes around and suddenly it's, if we don't share the same political ideology, I'm not interested. And now in 2022, we're seeing that women tell us that if a man lists moderate on their online dating profile, it's an immediate swipe left, which means uh, rejecting. And, yeah. and I don't, I have a lot of opinions on this, but I want to hear your opinions on this. Yeah. I, I'll say that that is largely where Donald Trump has taken this country. And, and it's not just in relationships, it's with family, friends, and even with oh, my yeah. colleagues in Congress, where, where it, we, I was one of the most bipartisan members of Congress my first four years and have lost a lot of friends because of Donald Trump. So, but that doesn't mean I want it to be that way. Like I, I actually would prefer that we get back to just disagreeing, as you said, over tax policy or the size of government or you know what right. education should look like. But I, on the abortion issue, I believe there are a lot of pro-choice Americans, and, and just let's, for your example, say pro, or, or a lot of pro-life men who, if it were up to them, would say, well, I, I don't think someone should make that decision. However, they don't want the government getting involved. Does that make sense? Like people who- It does, yeah. Personally, they don't like- the decision that's being made. And, and I, I think that's why the, the, the pro-choice movement is so large in America. It, it's very, it, it runs a spectrum of people who, who believe absolutely it should be a woman's decision. No one should question it. To people who say, I don't particularly like that a woman would make that decision. I wouldn't make it myself, but I don't think the government should be involved at all. And so I, I actually think if you, as I, as I said, if you have a space and if you have trust and the ability to have a conversation if you're a woman who's looking for a partner and that's the one issue that you're uncomfortable with, with your potential partner, see if you can get them there. If that's where they are, I, I don't see that as a, a DQ. If, if their belief is that they just wouldn't make that decision themselves, but they don't want the government to make the decision, I, I see that as workable. I completely understand though, if their position is, hey, the government should tell you what you should do with your own body, that should be a DQ. Uh, and I, and I, I get that. What do you think about people who say stuff like, uh, we all oh got, I hear this so much in New York, um, where it's like, well, we call them Bloomberg Republicans. Uh, you know, I'm fiscally conservative, but socially liberal. Where is their party then? Yeah. Well, because it, it feels right. like, because uh, I, I, look, I hear this the most in dating, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's why people check off moderate. Well, I'm fiscally conservative, socially liberal. That makes me a moderate. I'm like, does it? And I don't even think people know what they're talking about when they say that. But if you really, if that you really should be your bumper down, sticker, Eric. Yeah, I, I, what, what does that even mean, right? That you're fiscally conservative. I mean, does that mean that you think that rich people should not pay any taxes and that everyone else should be on their own? I actually don't even think that's what most of those people think. I think what they're saying when they say that is that the government should be responsible with the taxpayers dollar, which is what Democrats actually have proven. They've always been better stewards of the economy. The deficit has always shrunk 
under mm. democratic rules. So again, I think it, it, it's more about, do you have the space and trust and comfort with someone you're dating to really flush these issues out? But again, God, I don't want anyone to be in a relationship where this is anything close to what they're talking about, you know, on a Thursday night at Asheval, right? Like that is not what they I should I gotta be. say, you know, the politics questions, I don't, like my personal philosophy, my professional philosophy yeah. is that the purpose of first date is to go on a second date. So heavy items like this, leave it to the yeah. second date. Yeah. Like, do you even like them before? Because it's true. Like, how do you, uh, I, 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 you know, I don't know. It, I guess it just depends on um, if people can, I don't know. There's a lot of cognitive dissonance. Well, really, I, I, I struggle. Would, would, your, would your followers, would they prefer somebody who said, I'm registered to vote, but I'm moderate or I'm not registered to vote, but I'm all in for the progressive agenda. Like I would rather have the, the moderate have the first. To vote. Yeah. yeah. You know, half can, of my clients are conservative. Uh, half yeah. of my clients are registered Republican as a matchmaker now, right? Half of my clients are conservative and I don't know, whatever, for whatever reason, they all think I'm, I'm a registered Republican <laughs> and I don't correct them. I'm just like, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. You know, whatever. <laughs> um, but you know, for me, it's not a place to, pass judgment as a matchmaker when they do that for me it's like okay let me find someone who subscribes not necessarily the same ideology but the same it's what you said before right like some people really don't care yeah and it's easier to set people up with the same energy they have for politics versus setting up with someone who subscribes to the same or or about the same um because that is going to tell you about you know i think the level of uh, civic interaction that's right. I think is a better match than anything else because you know if you don't care then you don't care but if you do care it might be important to be with someone who cares one important like dq that i had and i had to get it off the table immediately was do you carry on or do you check luggage like that was like someone who checked luggage that gone and, mm. and as perfect as Brittany is thank god she carries on I love it. Okay. So let's take our questions from the audience. By the way, I want to say before it's U.S. Representative Eric Swalwell, but also matchmaker Eric Swalwell because he matched his friends who introduced him, who played matchmaker for him and his wife. So I got I to gotta wrap that up. All right. Welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. How can we help you? Hi, Matchmaker Maria and Representative Swalwell. Um, thank you so much for taking my question. Um, I'm 31 years old in D.C. and I'm interested in a serious relationship that will lead to marriage. Um, I think I'm really funny. I have really cool interests. I have a good career and I've done so much self-work, um, but I feel like I'm still attracting people that are emotionally unavailable or a few dates in, they tell me, oh, I'm actually not in a good headspace to date or that will cancel a date um, a few hours before a date. And I don't give them my number. I know you tell us not to do that. So I like try not to give them my number, but they'll message me on an app and cancel. And I'm just wondering, um, it's just really defeating. And I'm wondering if it's something that I'm doing wrong because I think I'm a great catch, but the people I'm attracting just don't reflect who I am. And I don't think they just bring to the table the same things I am. And it, yeah, it's just very defeating. And I'm wondering if you have any advice. You sound great. And what I hear from you is what I hear um, from many of the women who work for me, uh, many of my wife's friends and, and my friends in DC, which is, Frankly, it's a shitty place to date. Uh, there's, there, it's the land of the uncommitted. Uh, look, we people come in on two and four year terms, right? Like the city is, is consumed by politics and the politicians serve two and four year terms at a time. So there's there's no permanency in DC. It's the totally most transitory city uh, in America. So just foundationally, it's very, very difficult. And so the only advice you know, I, I could give you would be um, as early as you can to just kind of save yourself the frustration. Um, find out honestly and directly from people, what do you want out of this? Like, because I, I think you'll save yourself a lot of time, but um, yeah, what, what, what do you want out of this? And, and just be real with me uh, as far as what you want out of this, because if it's fun, great. Like, you know, that, that's a different conversation about, you know, making new friends um, et cetera. But like, if it's what you just described and, and someone says that honestly and directly, I, th I think you'll sense that. And there are great men in, in DC who feel the same frustration uh, that you feel um, because 
you know, for the for many of the reasons, men are just shitty to date in DC. Um, you know, women also have put that on a bumper sticker they wanna, too. They don't want to be, yeah, they don't want to commit, you know, to a long-term job. They don't want to commit to a long-term relationship. So it's just as I said, the city attracts the uncommitted. And so if that's what plays out professionally, it's also what's going to happen, I think, um, personally. Uh, but I think the sooner you can kind of vet and reject those who aren't serious, you're going to find that uh, that partner um, who you're looking for. May I ask you some follow-up questions? Sure. Are you only using the online dating apps? No, I'm trying to meet people, you know, in the wild. And I will say the people I've dated, I've that have lasted, you know, longer than a few dates have been in person. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know, I feel like I go out and I'm not really meeting people or, you know, I can tell that they're, I also keep meeting really young guys. Like I'll, I'll meet them. I, I'm very, I look very young. I don't look my age and I'll meet someone and they're really cute. And then I ask, you know, how old are you? And they're 23, 24. Yeah. So, I mean, I will date younger, but not that young. And so, Mm Um, like I said, I just feel like I'm attracting the wrong people just on every level of everything, you know, wrong age, wrong thing they're looking for. I would, I would heavily invest in, in person over online, especially in transient cities, uh, like, uh, representative Saltwell mentioned, uh, which is of what DC is. Um, and, uh, and you know, there is a way to say it in terms of being serious, which is when a guy asks you. What are you looking for? When that naturally does progress uh, into that conversation, you know, you have nothing to lose. I would just, honestly, if you have nothing to lose, just say it, just be like, I would like my next serious relationship to lead to marriage. And one or two things, one of two things are going to happen. Either he's going to be like, yeah, that's not where I'm at. Goodbye. And that's fine. That, that was not your guy. Or the next guy's going to say, another guy's going to say, well, that sounds pretty cool. Let's keep dating and see if this is something serious. These are the two options here. You just have to find the courage to say that out loud. And you could practice in the mirror. It works. I I did that shit to my husband. When it came up on the second date, I was like, he's like, so what, you know, you, I live in Boston, you live in New York. What's, what's going on here? And I'm like, I want my next serious relationship to lead to marriage. And I just paused and let him respond to it. I'm not going to put words in his mouth. He can be like, okay, sounds good. Thank you again for your question. Welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. How can we help you? Hi, I'm four, I'm 45 year old single mom. So I feel like I'm kind of in a, a weird um, age group for dating, um, because I do have a four-year-old and I've been out of my last relationship. We weren't married, um, for a year and a half and I've done a lot of work on myself. And I guess, um, a couple issues is with the online dating world. Um, I just changed my age group and I'm just wondering what you think is age appropriate because, um, a lot of the guys in my age group are like, um, they have children or maybe they want more children. And I do not, I already have one and I'm done. Um, but I, I feel like I'm more attracted to the, um, younger men, but I don't know if that's a good idea to look in the 30 age group because, um, I'm in pretty good shape for my forties and I look younger and I'm just not even drawn into that 40 something age group. Um, maybe that sounds shallow. I mean, there are some good looking 40 year old guys, but all the ones on the dating apps, they look like they're 60 in their forties. So I don't know if you have any tips and also just if I want to meet people in person, where do I go? I do not drink alcohol. What so city do you live in? I'm in Denver, like the suburbs. Okay. All right. And they say Denver's there's more men than women, but I don't really see it. And I think there's just like, there's a lot of guys that they just want to date around. They don't, they don't want to like settle down or, I mean, I don't even know if I'm looking for marriage. I just want a long-term stable relationship and I'm open to marriage if with the right person, but it's not like a priority. So, you know, you asked before about age and I'll tell you something, uh, you know, it's not so much about age, but more about lifestyle. You have a four-year-old at home, uh, both me and the representative have young kids at home. So we're with you in this little bubble. Right. Um, and I think in terms of it's not, not, it's no longer about age. It's who's sharing the same lifestyle as me. 
And you're right. You are in a weird age bubble, right? Because a lot of the men that are in your age group, either they're trying to find someone to have kids with. So looking for women under 35. Uh, that's just that's just what we see in terms of search. Or the people that are in their 40s might have had kids younger than you and their kids are already in high school. And they're like, I don't want to date someone with a young kid at home. Right. Yes. So I would tell you, if you're asking me for numbers to date 37 to like 47, maybe 50. Okay. And where do I meet these people? Cause I don't drink alcohol anymore at all. Um, people party in Denver. So I don't. So this is perfect because I feel like representative Swalwell is probably a master campaigner. Tell us where we can meet great guys. Yeah. Well, first let me also, I, to what Maria said, um, I, I don't know if it's necessarily a number, it's really maturity and, and again, figuring out what that person wants and, and Long before I had met my wife, I had uh, dated somebody, single mother with young children about your age. And, and I thought, oh, that's not, that's not an issue for me. And then I realized, one, that being a single mom is the hardest job on the planet. It, it is, I mean, it, it is the hardest job on the planet. And if you have somebody that doesn't appreciate that, and I was, I think, in my late 20s at the time, and I, I certainly did not appreciate it. Um, they're not going to be a very good partner and they're not going to understand how important your children are to you and how much of a priority the children have to be in every decision that even when it comes to dating, where if, if you didn't have a child, the partner and the journey, that's going to be the most important part. But for you, the most important decision you have to make every day is about your four-year-old. So really, you know, finding somebody who understands that regardless of the age, I think it is going to be the, the challenge for you. As far as places to go, look, I, I you know, Denver is, it's great, uh, you know, especially in the spring and the fall and the summer, uh, great weather, um, softball leagues. I don't, do you play sports? I, Cause I think like softball and, you know, soccer, soccer leagues are great places to meet kind of the age group that uh, Maria just laid out and then uh, go knock on doors for Michael Bennett. Make sure we keep <laughs> that sanity, uh, in Colorado uh, you know, that's another, we, we've had a lot of love found on, on our campaign trail among our, uh, volunteers. I love that. And uh, I just went on Eventbrite too. And I looked up Denver and there's a lot of stuff to do. You don't have to look up at singles events. You just have to look for things that you want to do. Like you, I know it's hard. It, it, what Eric, what representative Sawwell said about being a single mom, that's freaking hard. If you can find a way to, if you need childcare, right? Maybe you could find another single mom where you swap, like you do every Tuesday and I'll do every Thursday. And then your friend goes on events by herself on Tuesdays and you find events going on Thursdays, but do a swap thing where you can go do fun things in your area that you've always wanted to do. You want to do a tequila, you don't drink. Let's get rid of tequila tasting class. There is this, let's talk conversations on race, equity, and belonging. So there's a racism in the media talk happening uh, in Denver. There is, you know, you could find people that to me, that's like, oh, uh, men going to that one, they probably believe in equity. Um, You know, I'm just kind of thinking of like, if you go on Eventbrite and look up Denver, think about things that you want to do on those dates and find another parent to swap your kids. So she's responsible for Tuesdays, you're responsible for Thursdays, and you both have an opportunity to meet new people doing fun things. Thank you very much. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. How can we help you? Hi, Maria. Um, longtime listener, first time caller. Um, I just wanted to say I am trying to follow the 12 date rule. Um, I met a guy online um, who I was really looking forward to meeting and then he ended up flaking on me. So mm-hmm. I said yes to this other guy who had like a terrible profile. Like it, it just was like, let's have coffee. I said, sure. No expectations showed up. We spent six hours together Sunday and then another okay. six hour day Monday. Okay. And so like, I really like him, but I That's don't. Four want- dates. Exactly. So I'm like, I don't want to get super excited about it because sometimes I feel like I can like want to be serious very quickly. I'm 38. So I too want my next relationship to lead to marriage, but he is divorced. I mean, well, no, he's separated. He's in the process of a divorce. And mm-hmm. I feel like there's probably some things like that are up in the air with him that are making, like, I don't want to like push myself into really liking him a lot right away, um, which I can feel happening. So I want to date other guys, but I've only been on two dates this year. Like I have not been dating very much, um, online is where I usually have had no problem meeting people. And, um, I was dating someone 
and ended that in December because it just wasn't getting serious and decided to take some time like by myself and all of that and therapy and stuff, which was great. But now I'm like, okay, I want to meet some other people so that I have like options or whatever. And um, it's just not happening. So I'm not sure, like, I'm kind of an introverted shy person. So like, I would try to meet people going out in person, but it just like, I'm in the Bay area. Maybe that's why like guys are not serious. Like they want to meet you and they do not want a relationship. Um, so any insight you could provide would be great. Representative Swalwell, the Bay area. I mean, I feel like you have to tee up this answer. <laughs> you're going to find whoever it is. If you're in the Bay area, the smartest, best looking, most socially responsible individual anywhere in America. So you've got the best dating pool in yeah. America best pond you know to cast your uh, line in look I, I think the challenge with uh this individual uh you know the, the 12 hour um date so far uh, converted to four dates uh is you know to make sure it's not a mirage right and, and, and also to make sure that uh this is not you know that he is serious coming out of a separation going into a divorce to want another serious long-term relationship and is, is not you know, just looking to, um, you know, be casual for a while and, and that you would be, you know, the, the person he would want to do that with. So I, I think it, it's going to take a while. And, and I think just seeing if he can make the commitments that he makes to you as far as yeah. just like showing up to dates and not breaking them, that's mm-hmm. a very early sign of uh, seriousness. And I guess just go back, to go back to my early example, um, I knew uh, as Maria said, like I wanted to find somebody, you know, to marry and, and have a family with. And so that's why I did not want to break that date because I knew what it would reflect uh, to my future wife if I did. And so I think that's a test for you because he's kind of in this uh, period of uncertainty where uh, he may not even know uh, what he wants, you know, coming out of one marriage and finding someone, you know, as terrific as you. And so, you know, that's going to be the challenge. Does he have kids from this previous marriage? No kids. Oh, and uh, does he live with his ex-wife? No. Oh, okay. So he just had a starter marriage. <laughs> exactly. And he said it was kind of more so like, oh, they were dating and she needed benefits. So like, you know, I, I want to believe that, but I don't know. So yeah. Um, when's your third date? The area I should mention is like, it's very tough for black women. So mm-hmm. like, there are plenty of guys who are like, you know, great and all of this, but I have several wonderful, fabulous single black female friends over 35. So that's another like thing. When is your third date? Um, we are supposed to hang, he's out of town. So at some point this week. Okay. Well, every day while he's I know you don't want to get excited, but it's okay to get a little excited. Mm -hmm. Like you're going on a third date. That's like, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like most people don't even go on second dates and you're going on a third date with this guy, like, you know, keep on that and, uh, and let's see where it goes. Okay. I'll do that question. Yeah. We're rooting Wait, for you. <laughs> Thanks. Can you give me a sense in the, in the Bay area of, uh, where you're going to go out? Um, well, I'm trying to find a vegan cooking class because, um, he's vegan and I'm very not. So thought that would be something fun to do. That's fun. Yeah. That is and, such and an no awesome food spots in the Bay area. Right. That is such an awesome date idea. And it shows that you like care about his dietary restrictions <laughs> And you want to do something fun. Activity dates yeah. are awesome because they release dopamine. You're going to have a great time. Oh, I'm so excited. You got to, you definitely got to tell us what's going on. All right. Let's go to our last question for, uh, for the week, for this episode. Welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. How can we help you? Hi everyone, Representative Swalwell and Matchmaker Maria. It's nice to, you know, be here. I'm excited. So a little bit about me. I am 26. I'll actually be 27 in two weeks. Um, Just for context, I live in Utah, originally from California. Um, I am a Latina, so I find that dating in my state kind of sucks. I feel like I've been mentioning this to uh, Matchmaker Maria in the DMs. I'm like, this sucks. So I guess my question is, is when I was actually in California visiting family this last week, and I feel like I'm pretty open to anything and everything just kind of being in the moment. And I met somebody at, at the wedding and um, we went, he asked me out and we went on a date and I had so much fun. And you guys, he bought me flowers. He opened what? all my doors what? and the date went so well. It lasted like six hours, but I feel, and here's my question, I guess, that we've, now I'm back in Utah 
And we've FaceTimed twice since. And the FaceTimes have lasted for over an hour. And the first day was six hours. And then um, so six, we caught six up. Dates. We've converted <laughs> this to six dates. Okay. Keep it's going. actually seven. I had one more. But okay. anyways, so with that being said, um, I just feel like he's so nice. But I feel like there's, I don't know if it's just me. I feel like he ticks off all the boxes. But I don't know if it's just like lack of physical attraction. I don't know if I'm kind of a a vein in a sense I don't think he's unattractive but I feel like there's a spark that's missing I feel like there could be something more I don't know if it's just me or if it's him but he wants to do long distance and I actually have to tell him like I'm I don't think I'm open to that but I don't know if it's just me looking for something more I don't know do you think you can find that more in Utah no (laughs) so you're gonna have to do long distance regardless so that, that excuse is gone. Let's just remove that for a second. Uh, Representative Swalwell, I can only speak for women, but do you think attraction can grow? Yes, but I, I do think you, you know, you don't want to be rubbing, you know, two sticks together, you know, 10 dates in to try and get a spark. Uh, it, it needs to come somewhat early. Uh, but the encouraging thing here that I, that I take away, you know, whether this works or not, is, is that you have shown a, a commitment and flexibility um, to find love wherever it takes you. And, and I, I would just say that, you know, whether that means going from uh, Utah, you know, to California, or there's a lot of great cities around, you know, Utah, you know, uh, Phoenix, Vegas, uh, Tucson, uh, Sedona. Um, so even if you were to meet someone in California that you like, because you've got some ties there, um, don't make, don't allow them to force you to go on every date in California, um, you know, find some of the cities that are uh, nearby uh, where you can meet up because it's also just as exciting, you know, to meet in kind of like a third city uh, where the two of you can discover uh, together. But I, I think the good news here is that um, you're committed. Uh, you've got, you live in a great region there in, in the West uh, to do that. There's so many Southwest flights uh, that allow you to do that uh, with relative ease and, and affordability. Um, so I, I think you're, you're on the path. Okay. That's good to hear. I don't know. I just feel like, I don't know if I'm being too picky or anything. I mean, granted I'm 26 going to be 27. I feel like I'm still pretty young, but like, I just don't know if that's just me on my end. Cause he seems pretty eager, but I feel like with me, it's like fizzling out to an extent. So have you guys kissed? Um, I kissed him on the cheek and vice versa. Like, you know, we're both Latinos and kind of just like that kiss, kiss kind of thing, you know? But nothing like that to an extent. So I feel like you need to go on one more physical date and you should text them before that date. Like, Hey, are you going to kiss me on this date? <laughs> like you gotta, I'm telling you, you gotta put, put the chips in and get that sexual tension going because that's the only way, you know, you, there's no spark. Well, there's no keys in the ignition. <laughs> like it's not going to just magically turn on, you know? Like I gotta be okay. I've said this before on my podcast before my husband knows it too, but I was not physically attracted to my husband. I was, I, he was cute. It was fine. But like, I wasn't physically attracted when I first met him in the sense that like, he didn't look like any of my ex-boyfriends. So I kept getting confused. I was like, do, do I care about this? Does this matter to me? And he was perfectly fine. Um, of course I did tell him if he wanted a second date with me, he had to um, shave his soul patch. I met him with a soul patch. Well, <laughs> it was awful. Uh, but you know what? He did shave it. And, uh, and also we made out, uh, on, you know, the first time that we met. And, uh, even if I, you know, like my brain was getting there, right. There was like a spark. I hate, I hate the word spark, but let's just say there was something there and I was able to build on that. You haven't done anything. You haven't kissed. You've, you've given each other like hellos, hello kisses. Those are not, that's not, that's nothing. I guess, but I, the only reason I didn't was because of the whole attachment because we live in separate states and I didn't so what? want to. I, <laughs> so what? I met my husband in Boston and I was in New York. Ugh, it doesn't matter. Is he's willing to make it work? You know you have to make it work if you if you feel like long distance is your only option to a relationship right now. And I think Representative Sowell gave you really good date ideas. Uh, you, you know, you can have fun at, even at a hostel in between your cities yeah. and uh, right. make it an experience, you know, <laughs> really increase and, the dopamine by going to a hostel. Yes. And, and in the meantime, I would be remiss if I did not mention, if you live in Utah, I hope you're registered to vote. I hope you check out Evan McMullen, who is a candidate for the Senate there. 
um, running as an independent, uh, which you sound like a very independent woman. He's a very independent <laughs> candidate. So uh, check him out. All right. Yes, I am registered to vote and I'll have to check them out. So thank you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that was awesome. Representative Swalwell, you made it. You, you know, you, you've got a backup career. Should you want to leave politics? <laughs> we are more than welcome to, uh, to welcome you at a copy match, which is a matchmaking service that I run. Um, Representative Swalwell, where can people find you? Redirect us to where, you know, I'm going to yeah. have all these links in the show notes, but tell us where can people find you? Yeah, at Eric Swalwell, uh, one L in the middle. E-R-I-C-S-W-A-L-W-E-L-L at Eric Swalwell on Insta and uh, Twitter. I'm going to leave those links in the show. Now be real. And be real. Is your name Eric Swalwell on Be Real? It is. All right. Well, you know what? I've been avoiding doing Be Real. And now that you said it, you've you've influenced me. Now I'm going to do Be Real. Uh, All right. Does that mean that when it clicks, everyone has to do it at the same time? Is that how it works? Two minutes. You can do it late though. There's no no judgment. You can do it. Okay. All right. All right. Well, no, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll, I'll follow the rules. Um, Representative Swalwell, it was wonderful having you out on this podcast. And if you enjoy this podcast and you're not registered to vote and you can register to vote, please go register to vote. I will include a link to that in the show notes. Uh, any, la- any last parting words of wisdom, Representative Swalwell? In your politics, in your personal life, um, you know, find someone, uh, you know, not just in yourself, but in someone else uh, who I said, who, who gives a shit because there's so much on the line for all of the young uh, listeners uh, right here, especially to your personal freedom and freedom is on the ballot uh, this election. And, uh, you know, I, I wish you all well uh, in your searches and your journeys to be connected and loved. And uh, you've got the best matchmaker helping you do that. Thank you so much, Representative Swalwell. It was wonderful having you on the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. And that's it for this week's Ask a Matchmaker podcast. If you want to join me in an upcoming hotline episode, there's only one way to do it. And that's to follow me on Instagram at Matchmaker Maria. That's where I post the links in my stories. You're going to have to watch my stories. You know what? My stories are fun. They're full of uh, dating advice and uh, photos of my kids and my husband's cooking videos. I mean, what more could you ask for? It's wholesome content, wholesome dating and relationship content and and snark and also wholesome masculinity content with my husband's cheese videos. If you follow me, you know what I'm talking about. Be lovable, but more importantly, be likable. See you next week.